transported to SEAL Team 1 after completing basic underwater demolition SEAL training, BUDS, there was no leadership course. N new SEALs were issued no books or materials of any kind on the subject. We were expected to learn to lead the way SEALs had learned for our entire existence through OJT or on-the-job training. Of course, there are some advantages to OJT. It is helpful to be coached and mentored by a solid leader who trains you as you go through the real challenges of your actual job. In the SEAL teams, that means a leader telling you exactly what to do in various scenarios as you go through them. If your leader happens to be a good leader, is willing to invest in you, and if and if you are smart enough to pay attention, you will eventually learn something about leadership. But there are some sh major shortfalls to this method of leadership. First of all, not all leaders are good leaders, and the SEAL teams are no exception. When I got to the SEAL teams, it was 1991. There is no guarantee that the leader in a platoon was supposed to be mentoring young was supposed to be mentoring young SEALs was the type who was supposed to be mentoring young SEALs was the type of leader who should be emulated. On top of that, not all leaders are looking to mentor the subordinates. Furthermore, even the best leaders can only truly invest their time and knowledge in a handful of their people. Even during even during peacetime there is a ton of administrative work to be done, and there is a good chance that leadership coaching and mentorship will slide off the schedule. Moving on a little bit. I was lucky. I had some tru truly great leaders who invested in me. They took the time to explain things to me. They talked me through strategies and tactics. Some of the Vietnam SEALs told stories that held important tactical leadership lessons I listened those stories and lessons sank, sank in. Eventually, I was able to put the leadership stories I had learned to the ultimate test in combat. I then codified those lessons and passed them on to young SEALs entering the ranks. I tried to teach them how to lead. The goal of leadership seemed simple, to get people to do what they need to do to support the mission and the team. But the practice of leadership is different for everyone. There are nuances to leadership that everyone has to discover for themselves. Leaders are different. Followers are different. Peers are different. Everyone has their own individual characteristics, personalities, and perspectives. I often tell leaders that what makes leadership so hard is dealing with people, and people are crazy. The cr and the craziest person a leader has to deal with is themselves. That being said, even though even crazy has a pattern, there are patterns to human behavior. If you can recognize the patterns, you can predict the way things are likely to unfold and influence them. Mm, that's the point. Who am I trying to teach? Who am I to try to teach leaders how to lead? Where did I learn leadership? Much of my leadership education was luck. I say it was luck because there were only were there were a few fortunate coincidences that gave me the right frame of mind, the right teachers and the right opportunities to learn. One of the ways I was lucky and that made me focus on leadership was the fact that I wasn't really that naturally talented at anything in particular. As a kid, as a little kid, I was the fast I wasn't the fastest or the strongest or the smartest. I was never great at shooting a basketball, kicking a soccer ball or throwing a baseball. I didn't win any races or have a shelf of trophies and ribbons from sports. My report card was never exceptional either. I might have done well in a class if I was interested, but I w usually wasn't, and my grades reflected that. 
I was average across the board. Still, at the core of my personality, I wanted to do well. I wanted to leave an impression on people. I wanted to leave a mark, but my athletic and cognitive skills didn't always allow it. So even from a young age, I needed to get others to, with more talent, with more talent, to and more skill to do what I needed them to do. Of course, I didn't think of it as leadership. I just thought of making things happen and, contrib- and contributing my, by getting people to work together to support one another as we move toward a common mission. Moving on a little more. That one, not that one. Okay, talking about Bud. Here we go. The Master Chief of the Command, the highest enlisted ranking, the highest ranking enlisted SEAL at Team One, welcomed us aboard. No one here cares that you made it through Buds. We all did. It doesn't mean anything here. You have to prove yourselves to earn your trident. So keep your mouth shut, your ears open, don't forget anything, and be on time. Any questions? The trident was the gold insignia worn on the uniform, which indicates you are a SEAL. To receive our tridents, we had to go through a six-month probationary period and then go through a written and or review board with the senior enlisted personnel at the team. We were all nervous about that, and the Master Chief provided no comfort whatsoever. None of us had any questions for the Master Chief. That was a humbling moment. Despite having been through BUDS training and despite being told that the training was elite and special, we realized very quickly that we weren't. The rest of the new guys and I still had a lot to prove, and somehow I I knew I always would. This was one of the underlying things of SEAL Team's cultures. You can never rest on what you have achieved in the past. You always have to improve. And that is my little intro for today's episode, episode one in one twenty-two. Welcome to Moving with Life. Thanks for joining. Um, so there's a just a few few key parts of uh, that I wanted to start with. Usually, I know I start with Moving with Life, and I kind of say, "Hey, we're going to jump into this." Um, I wanted to change that for this for this uh, episode, just because. Um, it could give us some structure to what, what we'll be talking about today. You know, I've been talking about Mark. I had to use Marcus Reyes for a while. I thought about jumping into Jordan B. B Peterson, but because we did the 42 rules, um, we're going to actually eventually, not yet, we're going to eventually dive back into a few specific rules um, because his new book's out, um, 12 More Rules for Life, Beyond, uh, Beyond Order, 12 More Rules for Life. Um so we will eventually actually make our way back to a co- just a few a couple well, be a couple of rules, um, but as I was trying as, as I was you know I I could have maybe done more market trades. I'm like well we did that for a week we did we did two episodes you know with la- those last two episodes um where it was book two and book three I was like okay we can we can move on and then even I mean it may, eventually we'll make our way back. Um, one thing I I mean to stay on course I guess because um, like Jocko when whenever he does book reviews and some of uh, he's actually the only person that i see that i know like does like thorough book reviews um because he'll do a three-hour podcast on one book and i for me i don't mind listening to that i don't mind especially man there, there's been several books that he's done from the very beginning to you know to current and now he's been having a lot more guests which is really cool but he'll always kind of revert back to um new uh new set of like there's just different uh what are they? I don't even know what they're called. I can't think of it right now. But 
Um, he'll be we have like Dave Burke, which is one of the another actually a, a pilot, a military pilot, retired military pilot that um, Dave Burke, and they'll go over like certain basically oh, manuals, like manuals that actually come out from the from the Marine Corps, um, and they'll discuss that. And then he has obviously various book reviews, um, and so. But for me, it doesn't work because there's. I always feel like there's so many because and he says it. He's like, you know, I I can't go through everything in this book. You need to go buy it for yourself. You need to go so you can read it and get all the details. Um, and and like I said, I I don't mind doing that. But um, whenever I'm here and trying to organize my thoughts for whenever I'm here, I'm like, man, that's important. Well, that's important. That's important too. That's why, like, even right now, like I was as I was going through, it's like I remember in my mind I had it all lined up, but it's like, oh yeah, not that. Oh yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. So, anyways that's been my approach to um these past few weeks um after the 42 rules of life we did the naval uh not naval uh his brother kamal Ravikant's book and then we did two weeks oh we did a week of uh marcus aurelius and now we're gonna jump into some leadership tactics uh, leadership strategy and tactics um the back says, learn how, learn to build trust, learn to be decisive, learn to take command, learn to control your emotions, learn to deliver the truth, learn balance, learn the strategies and tactics, learn to lead. And uh, so I, so I did, so I did the actual, I, that first part that I read was the actual introduction of the book. And, and it, it, there, there, as I, as, I, as I was reading through and I'm like, okay, what, what, what's, the most important at the like right now like what what do i what am i experiencing in my work in my work what am i experiencing when i'm talking with friends and family back home um family just or friends in general like out not just back home but just in general um what's what's going on um with my coworkers? how what what are my coworkers po- uh points of view uh currently on the climate whatever's going on at work or um maybe they're, they're going to school too and they're doing other things. And it's like, okay, what do you, what do you, not what are you learning, but how do you feel about it? What's going on? Um, how are your professors, you know, stuff like things like that. Uh, and I was, as I was, as I was looking through my bookshelf that I have here and I'm like, ah, cause I, again, I thought, I thought, I thought about going into some Jordan Peterson and I was like, eh, we just did 42 rules and we're going to dive in. We're going to dive deeper into those 42 rules. And it's not going to be all of them. It's just, like I said, it's just going to be like two or three. I, I, I got to figure out which ones are most relevant for me at the moment. But, um, I saw this book and I had actually started reading this book a year ago. Um, when it came out, cause I think it, it came out, let's see, we're 2021 March. So maybe February, 2020. Um, I'm not going to look it up right now, but, uh, I know I started reading it because I'm not done bookmarking it because I, di- I didn't finish it because then once I finished my, once I finished my, what I had to do where I was on the East coast, um, I then came back now I'm on the West coast and it's like, okay, what, uh, so then I, I, I put it down, you know, got started doing work and then obviously COVID started. So like busy with that. And then obviously there's been other books and obviously going through books here. It's like, okay, I, uh, I, and now in 2021 on on a good little schedule where it's like okay I can I can start relate or I guess keep relating whatever I'm going through with books that I've read or I'm reading uh this in this case books that I hadn't uh finished yet uh, but I but I've gone through enough where it's like oh I can I can definitely read about that and talk about it today um so yeah so, so sorry for this long like introduction but it's just 
it's like there's a lot going on, but there's not a lot going on. And and it's weird because with for me with this time change, I keep um, for me with this time change, it's like I feel, in the mornings I feel like okay I have like a good amount of time, and then by the time you know it, the day's over. Um, and and then then it is nighttime, and it's like okay, it's time to go to sleep. You know, trying to stay on a schedule at least for now because my schedule's gonna change pretty soon. Um, but it's like okay, cool, okay, cool. Let's 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 um let's keep going. And so so yeah, so leadership strategy and tactics by Jocko Willing. This is actually field manual too. The first one is just field manual and it gives like very broken down. I, I've actually read oh this is a while back. I don't have it with me either. Uh, it's a, it's a home home. Um but it uh that one I like and I'll probably eventually get back into that one as well. But uh this is the second field manual. Um this one's dives deeper and gives more stories on on um the leadership strategy and tactics stuff that he's learned um while he was in the military and then um i actually don't know where it goes because again i haven't i haven't read all the way through it i've only gone you know a certain section done um but we can start going through it now uh part one leadership strategies uh first platoon detach it was my first platoon that I learned the power of being able to detach myself from the chaos and mayhem going on, take a step back and see what was actually happening. I was lucky that it happened the way it did. We were training to assault offshore oil platforms. In the Persian Gulf, oil, pa- oil platforms could be taken over by enemy forces for a variety of reasons, and we, c- we need to be able to take them back. SEALs had participated in operations against Iranian-controlled oil rigs in the region in the, in the 80s, 1980s, and the thought was that we might have to do it again, so we trained and prepared to execute that very specific mission. We would spend time and do training exercises and mock up Mock, op- mock operations on commercial oil platforms in various locations. It was great training, mainly because oil platforms are incredibly complex and dangerous structures. Many parts of an oil platform are highly flammable and under massive pressure. So we had to learn what to do, what to be cautious of in the event we ever did ha- have a, we ever did a real mission on an oil platform. During a real mission with live ammunition and explosive charges used to open doors, we would ob- obviously need to make sure we understood the danger involved. And then he goes on to talk about how creating a strategy for the target is 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 complex, but the structure itself is obviously more complex. Because again, you have like stairwells and different things. And he said, as a new guy, I was doing my best, trying to make the right moves at the right time, listening to tactical calls being made by the leadership and trying to support those calls. At this point in our pre-deployment workup cycle, the platoon had already been through a lot together. We had completed a full cycle of land warfare training, done extensive close quarters combat training, and executed urban training. Okay, I'm gonna, so they had done a lot of training, obviously. Um, I'm trying to get to the part where it, they talk about their leader. So I say so while I was a new guy, most of the other new guys and I had certainly had begun to begun to understand the tactics we were being taught. As for me, my individual skills were nothing special. I was not the best shot, not the fastest at reloading my weapon, and definitely not setting any records on the combat train on the combat swimmer training 
die as we conducted, but I did feel really good about the tactics we were shown, how they worked and how they were applied. I paid close attention to my platoon leadership, watched them make their tactical decisions and tried to understand why they made the choices they made. But I was still a new guy. It certainly wasn't my place to make tactical calls or tell people what to do. Then during one clearance of the oil rig, something happened that hadn't happened before. As we were moving through the structure, the whole platoon entered an area of the rig and be became overwhelmed with what was in front of them. It was a large level platform covered with mechanical gear and equipment, which created numerous hiding areas for enemy personnel and presented a complex tactical problem. The whole platoon stood there side by side, looking down the sights of our weapons at the potential enemy threats, like an old fashioned skirmish line. I stood there like the rest of the platoon scanning for targets and trying to identify dangerous high pressure or flammable areas while I waited for a call to be made directing us on our next move. I waited a little longer, still scanning, thinking someone needed to make a call so we would know what to do next. I waited even longer, still nothing. Out of my peripheral vision, I saw the guys to my left and to my right all doing the same thing I, I was I was holding their weapon in a red position, scanning for targets and waiting for the call. But the call still didn't come. I waited a little longer until finally I had had enough. I elevated my weapon weapon into high port, into the high port position, meaning I pointed it in a safe direction toward the sky and away from threats. Then I took a half step back off the firing line and took and looked to my left and to my right. It was plain to see every person in the platoon, including the platoon commander, the platoon chief, and the assistant platoon commander, and the <laughs> leading petty officer was pointing his weapon toward the threat scanning for targets but no one was looking anywhere else this could only this they could only see the field of view down the sides of their weapon no one had any situational awareness of anything else going on yet even as a lowly new guy i could see the whole situation was co with complete clarity when i was on the line looking down my gun I was only seeing what was directly in my field of fire. Now that I had stepped back and looked around, and looked around, I could see the entire deck, all the all its obstacles, and the simplest way to clear it. By stepping back, I detached myself mentally and physically from the immediate problem. And now it was easy for me to see the solution, clearer than even the more more experienced seals in my platoon. I took a deep breath and paused for another second to confirm no one else was going to move or look around or make a call no one was moving no one was moving the platoon was frozen i had to do something hold left move right i barked in the authoritative or authoritative voice in as authoritative a voice as i could muster even as i said that i half expected someone to look over see it was me a new guy trying to make a call and tell me to sh tell me to shut my mouth instead each member of the platoon did what we were always trained to do when we hear a verbal command, they pass the word, hold left, move right, hold left, move right. The word repeated down the line. As the word was passed, it simultaneously turned into action. The guys on the left side of the deck held their position, scanning for targets, covering the threats as the new guys on the right began to push through and clear the area from the, fl from the right flank. This was not a complex tactical call. It was a standard cover and move procedure that we had practiced and rehearsed countless times. And as soon as the guys heard it, they did it. As they executed the movement, I realized something very important. I realized that by high pointing my weapon, stepping back off the firing line and looking around, by detaching myself, by detaching physically, even only by a few inches and more important, detaching mentally from the problem at hand, I was able to see infinitely more than 
anyone else in my platoon. And since I was able to see everything, I was able to make a good decision, which allowed me, a new guy, the most junior guy in the platoon, to lead. The cellar deck was soon cleared, and we continued to move through the rig, clearing the remaining. No one complained or objected my decision once we'd completed the run. One of the more senior guys actually told me I had made a good call. My platoon's reaction reinforced this idea of detaching, and I began to do it as often as I could. It wasn't easy. Sometimes I would still get caught up focusing on things immediately in front of me, but at a minimum, I would I became aware of it. Then I made it my goal to never be completely caught up in the minuscule tactical aspects of a problem. My goal was to get to a higher mental and physical altitude to see more. Just as it had worked in the lower rig, detachment worked in land warfare and, okay, several in their uh, different training areas. Uh, It worked in every simulated combat environment we were put in. The more often I detached, the easier it became to see and understand the tactical picture and get, and I got it, and I got it. So, yeah, uh, detachment. I'm I'm, going to finish up here because I'm almost done with this part of the, of the book, um, and this is again this is only one this is literally his first platoon and um one part which is just detached detachment from um and th- in this case it's a very this gives you a very distinguished picture it's not it's not a clear picture cuz you can imagine an oil rig and having a bunch of people there and and more people cuz you have people then s- observing the team that are that are going through this exercise uh but it's it we don't and and the reason why why i was okay with jumping into this because you know if we think about marcus aurelius and talking about emotion and detaching yourself emotionally because your emotions get in your way of rational and just justified thought um and here again this is a very like scenario based this is a very specific scenario where it's like oh we're we're on this thing and we're gonna go get this building or this you know the oil rig uh structure and we're going to take it back from that from the from the bad guys right versus if you think about it if you're in a situation at work and your boss tells you or even a coworker tells you hey go go type me go type me i don't know go type me go type out this order for me i need it today um and and let's say that so let's say your job is to type out orders and for whatever reason, uh, you get upset, and not, so now your emotions are right, are are are, or maybe no, that's 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 a terrible example actually. I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to, I'm trying to make sure this makes sense because I was trying to get to the point of having to detach emotionally so you can get the job done. Maybe, maybe you type your orders one way, and this person types your orders the other way. And now you're forced to work together on this project. You know, you have two different, technically two different points of view. You're working on this project. And then you think your, your way is right and the other person thinks their, their way is right. And then you start losing the, the, the goal. You start forgetting what the end goal is. You start uh, saying, no, my, my part is right. You, you don't know what you're talking about or... Um, we've we've always I, I dislike we've always done it this way, so that's the way it should be. Terrible. I mean, I'm giving obviously this is my opinion. Um, terrible example. You, I mean, terrible, terrible way of justifying why we should do things your way. Um, because you said so. I I very much dislike that. It's like oh, because we always did it like this. Well, 
there's things change all the time. So why, why not attempt it? And if you've never tried it before, then why even arguing against what could be? And I'm not saying just for me, I'm saying like, if you're in this, I think it can be relevant to anybody. I'm just trying to detach it from this like military aspect to, um, a, a business aspect. And then, and then cause it, cause it get mad cause business is anything, wherever you're working, whatever, wherever you can be working at a convenience store, you could be working at a bank, you could be working on your blog, you could be working on merchant. If you, if you just create merchandise and you sell it and you, you have, so you're creating orders, you know, this order example that I was, that I was trying to create, um, you detach yourself because in his case, it's like you're detaching yourself so you can move forward in this thing to take over the building. And in a, in a business world, or in a, I guess a business scenario, it's not always, it's not always so clear, but when your emotions rise and it's keeping you from getting the job done, maybe there's some compromise. Maybe, Hey, that's, that's actually a good idea. Let, let's try it your way. And then if it doesn't work, let's try it my way. Or, or can we do both? Like, Hey, I'm not mad. I'm actually legit not mad. I'm just trying to find the best way to go about accomplishing sending out this order. Uh, I don't, uh, I don't, um, I'm not looking to be in the way. I'm not looking to keep us from doing this much, you know, what, because the faster we do this, then, then we're done with the project, you know, usually, that, you know, and then you go on to the next project or whatever. But um, it, I'm just trying to give you, the listener and, and viewer, um, just some perspective on, on detaching. Because again, this is a very specific scenario. And I'm going to finish up here. I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. But I, I wanted to, because that's a lot to read. It was a lot to go through and kind of digest. Um, because again, this is a very specific situation versus, because um, you might think, oh, well, that's that's the military. They they do think, they, they, that would never work. Cause that, that's been like kind of the argument for like extreme ownership and like some of these other things. Um, when you start hearing management and people, uh, people, which is, you know, me included society, because people say society, people say people, um, or others say people, it's like what well, we are the people we do make up society. We do make up these businesses and these jobs. Right. So when you get so emotional and we, we could even go into, I'm not going to go into politics, but you could think about policies. You get, you get an emotional rise because, Oh, their idea is not the right idea. It's like, man, you're potentially just mad because they don't have the same overall political views. You, um, that's another thing being, being detached, which is for, for me, my, I have a very physical detachment. It's like, I don't watch the news. People are like, Oh, have you heard about this? Like, no, but you can, I don't, I don't mind being having a conversation about it. Like, oh, what happened? What did, what did you hear? What did you see? And then, and then, you know, we have a conversation and then you talk about it. And then, um, I don't really bring up my, my opinions as far as that goes. And I try not to even, you know, hear and, um, and, in, you know, certain social, you know, so, social interactions, but I'm always down for a conversation. And I've said that before where it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, and I, that's, that, so my physical detachment is literally not watching the news, not being, completely into now obviously some you know if major things major things happen it comes up in conversation and that's where it comes up in conversation oh did you hear about this okay yeah i didn't know about that um uh and then like i mean i read financial news you know i try to read financial news pretty much daily so um then uh then you know that that's the news i get but as far as um being detached emotionally from like politics and like certain things like yeah like i I literally don't, I detach myself by not interacting with that type of information period because I have, I have things to do. I have things I want to accomplish and, um, yeah. 
and then you know and then the people that I talk to on a daily basis like yeah that that's 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 what my that's what my world revolves around is just a few things and it doesn't include always you know daily news from our major news outlets so let me close up here this is me the closing out the podcast um yeah so let me jump back back in Detachment is one of the most powerful tools a leader can have. The question is, pragmatically, how do you use it? Step one is to be aware. Pay attention to yourself and what is happening around you. Make it a goal to avoid being fully absorbed in the minute, minute, or I guess minute details. I, I'd say minute details of any situation. Don't let it happen. If you are staying aware, checking yourself, you will be likelier to avoid getting tunnel vision. Listen to indicators like your breath, your voice. Are you breathing hard? Are you raising your voice? Be aware of your body. Are you clenching your teeth, squeezing your fists? All these reactions are signs of getting emotional about the situation. When that happens or when a situation is becoming chaotic, step back. Physically take a step back. Lift your chin up, which elevates your vision and compels you to look around. Once you are physically detached from the situation, this cues you to do the same thing mentally. Take a deep breath and exhale. Look methodically from the left to the right and back again. This is another cue from your body to your mind to relax. Look around, absorb what you are seeing, let go of your emotions, and make a dispassionate and accurate assessment of the situation so you can make a good decision. When you begin to follow the steps detach and detach, you will see it is one of the most powerful tools a leader can have. Of course, there is a dichotomy to detachment that must be balanced. You can take it too far. You can become so detached that you lose the connection of what is happening. This is unusual, but if it does happen, if you begin to lose touch with your scenario, don't fret. Just take a step back in, get a little closer to the problem, and engage. Um, and that's where I'm going to end this uh, episode in this book. Um, but th- there, that was a great closing to the section, which that's what you kind of do at the end of a, of a chapter when you're writing a book. It's like you have your you have your closing passage or whatever or your closing passage and thoughts that will then lead you into the next chapter um so yeah he there he says you know detach emotionally because in in this case of military where where it is life and death and there's been things that are you know have been happening and it's, it's public stuff so it's like i could talk about it but i won't do it today but um in scenarios like that where it is life and death because you're training well then emu- you'll, you'll emulate your training when you when you're in a life scenario um but again just to just to build for the viewer that aren't that aren't on the military or don't have that background um but you're in a business again you're in a business you work you work maybe you work for a lawyer maybe you work for a ba- again you work at a bank you you're a musician and and you start veering away from the goal which is, this is something that it took me a little while to learn. It's not like I, again, I've said this before, but I had to say it again because I don't want it to seem, I, I just don't want it to seem like, oh, like I just know it without having experienced the other side where I wasn't detached or, you know, and having certain, and I have to find a way to bring in some, there's some other stories I can think about as far as leadership goes. Um, but I just feel like we're in a good role right here going from Marcus Aurelius and Stoicism to then, um, this beginning chapter of detachment it's like okay this is a good trend this is a good like transition to getting back into like a leadership perspective but just because you're not a manager doesn't mean you're not a leader um and so i wanted to make sure that we covered that 
because I feel like it was. I feel like it's relevant, and especially like, especially um, if you have the if you um, especially if you feel like I don't want to say you don't have a purpose, but if you feel like oh I've never been good, I've never been the best at X, Y, or Z, but you've had this ability to still work with people and and maybe help them and and when you when you help somebody it's like yes you're doing it because you're it's genuine you're you want them to be better um but i think we don't realize that that is a type of leadership you know and you talk about it you know having the right leaders and sometimes you don't in the the intro you you don't always have that so ojt on the job on the job training i think is the best because i love trial and error but there are just moments and there's things where it's like, yeah, that's probably not the best time to, to go through trial and error. And that's just, um, uh, we need to get, we need to actually get some theory and maybe some, um, training done with where, you know, there's no, there's nothing at stake and then we can use it in the real world, um, on, you know, on the job. And then you start, at, uh, you start, um, uh, developing, but you start uh moving things, you know, you start moving things around. You start moving little things around. Oh, that was, that was a lot of. I feel like it was a lot of information. I hope that um we got to a good closing point. I feel like we I could go on, um, but we will have to say that for next episode. So, so make sure you take care of yourself. Make sure you take care of your teams, others, your household, um, mentally and physically. Um, it seems like things are getting better. Um, more people are getting the vaccine. I'm seeing it myself. More people are getting the vaccine, which is good. Um, things are starting to open up, which I think is also good. Um, be mindful. I'm not saying be too careful. Just just be mindful of your surroundings. Be mindful of what the heck's going on. Um, because it's you know COVID's still a thing, but it's getting better, and that's good. 2021 is looking bright. Uh, I I. I will remain optimistic about where we are in, in the world. And, um, because we we're pretty lucky to be able to, do, be able to do this. You're listening. You're going to, you're going to go out, go about your day and hopefully maybe you can use some of this detachment. Maybe you can, um, pass it on to somebody else that you, that you, or maybe you can, you can use it. You know, you have a scenario, you're in, a, again, you're in a scenario at work where it's like, Oh, I should probably detach. And you know, like, Hey, let's, let's, let's aim to, let's aim towards the common goal. So with that, I will leave you, um, to hopefully aim for the common goal um if you want to support the podcast everything's in the show notes if you want to message me email me um everything again everything's in the show notes thanks for tuning in thanks for thanks for your support even if you're even if you're just tuning in you know actually you know actually listening and hopefully again hopefully bringing these things um are helping us just advance and get a little better every day so until next time we'll see y'all very very soon